Hello and welcome to the Men Able Matters podcast, brought to you by the Men Able Movement. I'm Steve Whitten, the founder of Men Able, and it's our intention to bring you hints, tips and the inside stories from our fabulous guests to help you to understand mental health and to get the global automotive industry talking about it as an everyday subject. So join us with another fantastic guest here on Men Able Matters. So welcome to this special episode of Men Able Matter. I'm Steve Whitten, I'm the founder of Men Able, and I'm delighted to be joined by Rachel Shackleton, who is the founder of Green Key Personal Development. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Stephen. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here on, well, to talk about such an important matter. Indeed, we are. And we're going to be talking about masculine and feminine environments and all of the stuff around that. So grab a cup of tea because it's going to be slightly longer program than normal and uh, stick with us. So, Rachel, for the benefit of each other's audiences, uh, should we tell everyone a little bit about us and where we're from and how we came together to chat about this subject? Sounds good, Stephen. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Scott, that is it. <laughs> All right. Fair, fair enough. Uh, the outtakes of this are going to be brilliant, by the way. If you if you get bored with this program, we're going to upload the outtakes as well. So uh, we've already had a few, haven't we? So no doubt there's going to be a few more as we go through. So, yeah, so we came together, didn't we, to talk about um, masculine environments, particularly. And I think in fairness, I think did I do a talk or something that you were in the audience of? And I think I may have mentioned something that resonated with you on that, didn't I? Um, not really, because I wasn't there. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> we can't... Okay. <laughs> We can put this out as how not to do an interview. <laughs> yeah, well, this is what happens when you try to do an interview that's not an interview. But yeah, so how did we meet there, Rachel? Start again. <laughs> we met at, what was it? What's it? PSA. If you, or if you like or want to comment on this already, by the way, just crack on. You know, this is this is going to be how it is from now on. We met at uh, PSA, the Public Speaking Association, some some years ago, if you remember, and then. Uh, for some reason, we, we crossed paths again, um, and that's how the universe works, isn't it? It it is. Now, is wasn't it your PA EA VA that attended the set? I knew one of us, one of you did. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was uh, that was how we got connected, wasn't it? Because she thought it would be a good idea for us to have a chat. Yeah, that's right. That's right. She attended your virtual presentation that's right yes correct yeah. Steve. yeah brilliant all right so <laughs> starting again then uh so we came together didn't we to talk and we started talking about masculine environments um because i think as you've mentioned i grew up in the automotive industry and you've worked in a few countries that do have a bit of a masculine culture it mm -hmm. must be said so we'll come on to that i'm sure but uh so what what's your take on the whole masculinity in the workplace thing then I think when the when masculinity gets too strong, uh, if we can say it that way, in the work environment, 
we find that leadership moves sort of from the democratic side more into the autocratic and and possibly right to the to the extreme of of autocracy as we see in some of the world orders today i think the masculine environment is primarily um related to what to western cultures where we focus very much on on goal driven workplaces on profitability and bottom line on measuring the number of bums in seats and so on and so forth and in that when pressure is on from an external environment we tend to find that the more feminine tendencies or characteristics get steamrolled in this rush to achieve these budgets these targets these goals uh and so on yeah I, I, well i mean yeah i mean all of that completely resonates with me from growing up in the automotive sector i mean you couldn't get much more of a target or objective uh driven environment than that really and so the, that masculinity plays out every day in the form of objectives and results and performance and spreadsheets and measurement um and the the femininity of of that nurturing collaboration um you know emotion and so on just just gets suppressed mm. you know and and you said that you'd found the same in you know some of the places that you'd worked in yeah definitely i mean um i spent a lot of time in 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 russia and interestingly not enough my, uh, russia is referred to as mother russia and when you look at the cultural other um, autocratic countries are available <laughs> yes 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 of course um i mean I, i'm you know i'm talking about russia i'm not talking about it um in a derogative way no 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 but the, this idea of mother russia and when you look at the um, the dimensions if you think about hostelers cultural dimensions there's a lot of femininity in the russian culture but for some reason it doesn't come out necessarily in the leadership style and that might well be because of their history um you know coming coming up through through communistic style of this is what you do and you do it like this and that's it there's no discussion um but but certainly there's a lot of softness there which when you when you access it underneath um, there's a lot of femininity in 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 the workplace, and it doesn't take much to encourage leaders in countries like Russia to bring more of that femininity to the fore, as you say, collaboration, cooperation, nurturing, effective listening, understanding, um, and all these more feminine aspects. Teamwork is another one. That, that this is fascinating you know because could it could it be then that actually you know we're we're almost casting a fairly critical western eye over that type of culture or i was while you were talking but at the same time i'm thinking to myself is it actually that they've got a better handle on celebrating the femininity in their culture and and making that kind of uh demarcation line i guess between what femininity does to serve you and what masculinity does to serve you would that do you know where i'm going with that does that make sense that's a, that's a, that's a very interesting observation um in that it, it's i've never been so i don't know i'm just you know i know you've worked there so when i you know when i think about that certainly in the earlier 
years of, of going in as a as a woman to go and sell my services but in the in the best possible way steve i was gonna say well hello Ellen, hang on a minute it's taking a turn <laughs> yeah, we're referring to training services here um <laughs> it, 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 it was it was almost frowned upon to go in with your feminine traits but at the same time it was appreciated and and i found that initially i needed to be more masculine to get hurt this is and in russia Yes, and then once right. I was heard, it was okay to to drop that goal orientation. I'm here to do X, Y, and Z, and bring in humor, more uh, elements of more yeah, touchy feelings. The wrong word, but more about well, you know, tell me really what's going on with your with your with this group of people. Where is the conflict? Where are the things that we need to work on? Mm. And 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 it it went further away from, but came back to the the points of okay, well, this is what we need to achieve based on what you've told me. Um, th this will support your growth and development of the organisation or your profitability or whatever it was. Um, in that way, so so the conversation almost went a bit masculine, then more feminine, much softer, and then back, but not back up here, more back in the middle of, well, this is how we're going to do it, and this is what we're going to achieve. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I am totally, totally fascinated by this because, you know, as I, I talk about masculine and feminine environments, and, and I genuinely have walked into an office full of women, and yet the energy in there is so masculine because it's all about results and achievement and targets and objectives. Um, and, you know, that, that's very, that, you know, let's, I think for the purposes of anyone watching or listening to this, they might be thinking that we're talking about the, the difference between men and women, mm. you know, or male and female. And, and actually for me, I'm not, I'm talking about energy, mm. you yeah. know, regardless of, of, you know, what gender you or you're assigned at birth you know yeah. this is about the energy that's and and that's about breaking down um what those differences are in business and uh you know in in the workplace and that's what i mean when i say i've seen lots of women behave in a very masculine energy kind of way yes um and that's because you're always because you feel you have to I think I think for some women there is a feeling that in order to be in a male environment and again as you said male energy environment and to climb the ladder you've got to be more male oriented in the way that you um in the way that you operate mm. um and and that that sometimes is a shame because um if you tune into the characteristics and the energies of being feminine you actually can achieve the same result in a more uh what's the word in a more balanced way without mm. burning up or trying to burn up not 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 consciously a lot of energy to do the same job yeah i mean i've got to say i you know by contrast i've also worked with organizations where it's been um too feminine in their culture um, I mean, I'll, I'll give an example, and this is not, not a criticism, but I've worked with a few charities 
where the feminine energy, you know, is all everyone works in the charity because it's about caring and nurturing and collaboration and creativity. Um, and what they they cry out for is somebody to take some kind of a lead in terms of driving for results and performance. Mm. So in the nicest possible way, we can all sit there and cuddle each other and tell how great we are at supporting the people that the charity's cause is about. But without the funding, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Um, do you know I, what I mean? I agree with you. I, th I think you've hit the nail on the head there, is that is that it isn't about masculine energy or fem feminine energy being a better place. Mm. It's about that balance, isn't it? It's yeah. like yin and yang or light and dark. Um, you, you've got to have both sides to achieve the end result, whatever that end result looks like mm. for your business and your organization and and that um that balance i think for certainly for employees when you look at leadership when they know that they're cared for that they are valued um that their input their creativity their ideas their hard work is is important to the organization the results go 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 or get there themselves almost because you've got that lovely balance of I love my job I feel very secure and safe I love my boss who's understanding caring but at the same time I've got direction I know where I'm going I know what I need to achieve and so on mm. yeah yeah I've got to say some of the bosses that I've I've had over the years you know the ones that I've properly got behind and and been supportive of have been the ones that have been very very clear on direction guidance you know exactly where you stand what the objectives are you know you, and there's an unspoken kind of you know you know what the consequences would be if you know if you didn't follow that direction that's being laid down but at the same time you felt safe enough to be able to approach them and say that you know this is what's happening for me mm, yeah but I, yes. in fairness, you know, you and I are of a similar age, probably. I'm probably older than you, actually, Rachel. Too kind, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can certainly uh, say from experience that the number of bosses that I've had like that, I could count on one hand. Mm. Mm. Maybe yeah. even one finger. <laughs> yes, I, th I think it's it's two two of my bosses stand out a mile one for being so awful and actually she was a she was a, she was a lady I'm, I'm sure she still is a lady um but she had this incredible masculine drive and as a result of that wanted to micromanage me mm. and and that crushed all my creativity it crushed my inspiration it crushed my motivation of which generally is not something that I ever suffered from, mm. self-motivation and getting on with the job once I understood the direction. And the, on the other side, I had the most wonderful um, male boss very early on in my career in, in training and development. And he was just so magnificent. He would sit down and you know, tell me about it. Tell me about this problem. And where where do you want to go with this and 
well, why there? Why not over here? And and it was all, it was incredibly collaborative. And I never, ever felt that my contribution was unworthy or a load of nonsense. It may well have been a load of nonsense, but I never got the feeling from him at all. Mm-hmm. So there you have two bosses, one female who was overly masculine from my point of view in terms of the energies and one male who was quite feminine in his energies and approaches but still got the job done because he inspired me Mm. pause (laughs) do you have any examples of of leaders that come to mind uh, what they inspired me? Yeah, that that or, or or didn't inspire you, and therefore what you know what were their masses? Oh yeah, I mean I yeah, I mean I've got to say, um, you know, while we've been talking, I've written down two words, and they are acceptance and understanding. Mm. Um, and as is fairly well published now, my my story, you know, goes a bit uh, into areas that have only recently well in in the mainstream have become things that are everyone's being expected to just be accepting of now and certainly 25 30 years ago it never was mm-hmm. um and against that backdrop i became a very insecure lacking self-confidence type of person you'd never tell because i was gobby and cracked a few jokes and effed and jeffed like a sailor and made myself fit in the same as everyone else mm-hmm. um but yeah, I look back, funnily enough, I was thinking about this earlier and thinking there's, you know, an organization that I used to work for um, where it was it was spreadsheet driven and the leaders were all, you know, no room, no time for any kind of conversation around caring, nurturing, creativity. It was no, you follow the process, you follow, you know, you read into what's on the spreadsheet and you make adjustments accordingly. Um, and I even got described in the short period of time that I was there, I got described as slushy or gut no gushing actually, mm. but my emotions were, were on show and, you know, not in, I was walking around crying my eyes out, but I was very happy to sort of tap into the emotional side of, of people and try and get the best out of them that way. And that was unheard of in that organization, mm. you know, and then they wonder why they got 65% staff turnover. And and that's it. And how do you think that that actually an organization an organization ends up in that place? Oh, um, if I'm honest, I think it's when you have a very autocratic leadership style, mm. and you know, you and I, we, we talked before about, you know, what energy you put into the universe and you attract what you're kind of looking for and all that stuff. Um, and I think they, without realizing it, seem to attract certain type of individual that probably does lack self-esteem, lack confidence, you know, but they're quite happy to get into these roles and get promoted. And, and of course they'll, you know they'll they'll be the type of people who will do as they're told for a while um in fact when i first joined one of my colleagues said to me you know you will either comply or die mm. you know you'll either fit in or f off yeah yeah and 
well, I did the latter because I was there 13 months. Um, and that was only because I was, you know, needed to from personal perspective. But if, if that hadn't have been there, I would have probably been out of there after a few weeks because I could see, you know, just by looking around how the, the attitudes changed. Um, and I, so I don't know how they got there because this particular organization had nine and a half thousand employees. And they weren't all like that, clearly, but, you know, they just seemed to be people just seemed to fit. Um, Sometimes I think that a work environment, and, and again, I, I'm thinking of a particular client um, that I did quite a lot of work for, and I obviously is going to name no names, in the FMCG market. And the work environment was incredibly masculine. Mm. Uh, it was just, okay, you need to sell this much. You need to get out there. You need to get out to retailers. You need to this, you need to that. And it was just drive, drive, drive. And you could see the people burning out. Um, I mean, essentially, the, the teams that I were working with were the, were the sales teams at that time. And you could just see that the, the amount of pressure that they were under could not be sustained <clears throat> for a long period of time. And again, you, you, I think you said 65% turnover. I don't know the turnover figures in this particular organization, but I do know that there was quite a lot of turnover because the same people wouldn't be there for the next program and, and, and so on. And certainly some got promoted, but you just think it, it, in our market today, that kind of working environment is is going to suffer because if you can't retain your staff and there aren't people to replace those team members with, you, you're building a problem for yourself, which is unnecessary, as in yourself, as in an organization. Yeah, and I think they, you know, the this organization, and they're not alone. Um they're probably one of the the worst and obviously i'm not going to name them but anyone who's in the automotive industry will probably know who i'm talking about um <clears throat> they and i like i hope that they have changed actually since the time i was there which was nearly 10 years ago now and they you know they do have a reputation for for burning people and they always did um and anyone who went there would be sort of like really you're what well, you're going there okay well we'll see you again in six months time then and mm. You know, and that was the that was the kind of mindset. Now, ironically, one of the bosses that I had when I was there, uh, who was this exceptionally tough cookie. I mean, you know, people did fear this particular individual. Um, I I I don't know where I got the courage from because this guy's like twice my size as well physically, and he we went he he came into my business one day and we went for a walk to go and get a sandwich, and um. I just looked at him and I went, so come on then, tell me about you. And uh, and I, I won't do his accent because it will kind of give away who he, who he was. And uh, and he sort of looked at me or looked down at me and was like, well, well, what do you mean? What do you want to know? And I said, come on. I said, I get to see the the like the boss version of you all the time and hear you on conference calls and see you at meetings. I said, well, I want to know about the real you. And he just looked at me and he went, do you know what? No one's ever asked me that. And I went, oh, no, well, there you go. And then he started opening up and he was telling me about what was going on for him and his wife and his family. And, uh, and you could physically feel the, the aggression. I want to call it that the aggression kind of 
oozing out of him, but not in the not in the typical kind of I'm going to flail around until you do what I say uh, kind of way that he'd probably been used to. Um, and we got on great we got on great after that and we could pick up the phone to each other and go how are you and let's have a bit of a chat and you know sounded like he was carrying around a a mask steve oh 100 that's that's well yeah you've hit the nail on the head there with that one because and that's not uh, not uncommon and that's exactly where i was Mm. um and i said to someone the other day that you know i've been invited to an event where the dress code is is lounge suit and tie well i haven't worn a tie for oh i can't remember three years four years yeah you know and i'm thinking to myself why do i need to wear a suit and tie to in inverted commas fit in you know it's so interesting you say that because this person that i mentioned earlier as being a wonderful example of somebody to work for as in a boss and sadly is no longer with us. But that, those were his exact words. He was the only senior member of the leadership team and he was a senior member responsible for more than one hotel. And he said, he said, Rachel, he said, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to come in a suit and tie because everybody else thinks I should be wearing a suit and tie. He said, it doesn't change how I do my job. He said, I'll still do my job and do it well. And he said, that's not me. Um, That's not where I'm at. Um, I am me and you see me in my clothes. He would come in a nice pair of trousers and a jersey usually. but And and that's it, isn't it, Stephen? Is why do we need to put a mask on to fit a role in the way that we think the rest of society or people or whoever we're referring to thinks is the right way to appear yeah 100 percent. and i mean it, it, credibility. It, sorry to, to get credibility yeah that. yeah no you're right and i mean for me i'm 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 sorely tempted to go to this event either dressed in a pair of red trousers and a flowery shirt and get my fingernails painted to make a point or go to a supermarket and buy the cheapest nastiest polyester suit i can find with a schoolboy type shirt and a tie that's halfway around my neck and go well i'm complying with your dress code but that's that's probably why i'm not employed anymore (laughs) (laughs) because that you know what i mean that that for me is where it got me was this sort of the the masculinity bit is is about fitting in now i understand if you know if i went for a job at the ritz and they said look you're front of house therefore the uniform is this Mm. now i get that and i accept Mm. that and i respect that but if the dress code is is from a bygone era of fitting in then i'm sorry but i don't i don't get that or buy into that anymore and that's that's what causes the kind of staff retention issues that some people are experiencing because they go you know well why would i can get a job where i can spend most of the day sitting in my pajama bottoms and on zoom calls Yeah, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about that. I mean, it wasn't exactly about that, but it was about uh, working from home and the stresses that are not yet apparent. But actually, actually, it was about my sister-in-law, bless her heart. And, and she has gone from going out a lot, and I won't mention the type of job, but it's a very stressful job that she has. 
going out visiting her clients and uh, doing all that, going to, to court uh, and representing her clients and so on, to actually doing it now at home on Zoom. And the key point there is not that, that she doesn't dress up. She always does when she's online and she's doing her job professionally and she's very professional. But she doesn't have that space anymore to download the stress of the day. So she literally comes down the stairs and she's on fire with stress because of the way her day went or, 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 or the volume of clients that she had to represent or whatever it is. Yeah. Whereas before, she would probably have to drive 30, 40 minutes. And by the time she got home, she'd listen to some music in her car. She'd wind down the window. She'd admire the view, you know, whatever it was. And by the time she walked through the front door, that stress had certainly reduced dramatically. And I mm. wonder how many people now with uh, with the hybrid working, I mean, I know we've come a little bit off masculine feminine, but it, it, we still need to be uh, able to unload our stress. And when you haven't got a, a physical requirement to go somewhere or come back to somewhere, that space you've got to create that space otherwise it gets downloaded in your home and stays there in those four walls well i mean it is a slight tangent i guess but actually it's a relevant one because what it immediately makes me think is that um some of the masculine and feminine stuff that we're talking about and, and you made the point about it being a, a very western thing perhaps some of that comes back to the traditional stereotypical roles that men and women have fitted into uh, in kind of post-war Western society, mm. which was why I asked the question, you know, is it in, in countries like Russia, is it more that actually the, the femininity side of it, you know, because they call it mother Russia and so on, you know, is all of that um, more celebrated than it is where we are and, and perhaps actually we're in a period of transition of of kind of going through this kind of fuzzy period until it gets more balanced um, yes and i i think that you know that it's this what's this quote do you do you live to work or do you work to live mm. um and and the 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 western sort of world is well you know i i live to work whereas have I got it the right way around? <laughs> whereas, the, whereas the other countries, I know what you mean. They're, they're <laughs> you know, they 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 take time out to to celebrate, to enjoy life, to to have quality family time, um, and and to unwind in in different ways. And that was something that I always appreciated about the doing business in Russia is that is that people just oh an opportunity for a party let's get going and, and and you know and it was just so easy to create that celebratory atmosphere to 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 just divert things a little bit and to de-stress the the environment or to just have some fun together and just be who you are in the mm. work environment um and and again you know that's sort of coming around in the, in the, in the western world but we tend to keep those kind of things to you know okay the new year party or the summer get together picnic or whatever we call it 
it's not a spontaneous action. It's just a planned action. And, you know, it's done in a very planned way. Yeah, I, I mean, there. I suppose there is the caveat that if you're in the UK, you can't do anything spontaneously without having several changes of clothes for for all sorts of weather that you might encounter. But I know exactly what you mean. I mean, the, and and my what was going through my mind while you were describing that was, you know, I could remember, uh, you know, when I was married, having all sorts of sort of barbecues, and my wife would would spend a, a week shopping for it and then spend two days preparing for it. And I would be the one that would light the barbecue and and make the sausages black on the outside and pink on the inside and then take all the glory, you know, and sit there and everyone would be going, oh, Steve, this is a great barbecue. Thanks. And forget completely that, you know, she'd been slaving in the kitchen all morning, creating various desserts and beautiful looking salads. And <laughs> yeah, you know, and I do. I, I completely. All right. Before, before we get I get letters about that, I do take that completely on the chin, but I'm sure I'm not the only guy uh in that scenario that's that's kind of you know in the past dropped into that very typical stereotype mm. um but so i mean let, let's spin that on the other side then we've talked a lot about about there about uh masculine environments what about feminine environments you know when you when you ask that question about what about feminine environments i uh, uh, immediately comes to my mind is is two things one is the elephant and the elephant is a matriarchal uh herd uh and the other is uh the ho- horse horse which is also a matriarchal herd and when you look at the, the elephants particularly i mean i don't know if you know anything about that and it, it it's quite fascinating that they are they grieve when they lose one of their herd um they protect the young and the, the the new into the herd they support each other um i'm sure they probably celebrate each other in some ways as well i mean when you see them in the water hole you know they're spraying water on each other and not just on themselves and and i i think you know th- a lot of those things are feminine uh, uh, ways of being we, you know we we operate as a team um we provide that security together we celebrate things we have fun um we collaborate so if somebody's not feeling so good we come together and we help that person along um and there's an understanding there. It's a, it's a, it's an accepted understanding that 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 the the femininity of the female matriarch is is accepted, but it but it's also can become masculine if it needs to be because I mean an elephant has no problem to turn your car over if you, you get to too close or look, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. too threatened. <clears throat> But they seem to have that balance well. Um, so those are some of the things that I think are feminine characteristics. It's And these aspects of listening, feeling how somebody else is maybe struggling or trying to say something that which they're finding difficult to actually share 
or they need some help because they're a little bit under the weather. It's noticing. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. Is this noticing uh, aspect rather than being in in a in a in a you know a hurry to well you know we've only got five minutes to, before we open or you know whatever it, it 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 might be. I mean we all have operational business operational issues that have to get done, but sometimes we miss the people in the process they, they just become part of the machinery almost which is a bit harsh and i don't mean it to be harsh in in, in that way at all it's um no you're, you're absolutely right i mean in even in the last couple of days i've had uh you know i've been lucky enough to have been taken out for lunch uh the other day and then dinner the other night <laughs> what a life uh anyway um on both occasions, though, it was very evident in the very one restaurant and one pub that they, the people in there were working to a process. Mm. Uh, and then on the second occasion, my friend and I went to this local pub and, you know, we, we got a drink and then I, I'd eaten a bit early. So I had, I just said, oh, I'll have a dessert, you know, just get something off the menu and paid a lot of money for this dessert that I expected to be pretty spectacular for the price. Mm. Uh, and it wasn't. And when I sort of raised that point to the, the server the the it came back you know all that came back was a tirade of apologies that oh well yeah well you know we had this chef here he was giving away too much and so we've had to be restricted so now that is completely on spec and i'm like i don't customer i don't want to hear that no you know i don't i don't want to hear that that's um so what would you have want to hear i i would have well you see again i'm see i don't know whether that's I was starting to one question where I was actually going with that, even as I was saying it. But I think the point for me is what I would have preferred was a little bit more feminine intuition mm. for that server who happened to be a young guy to grab that dessert, take a look at it and use your word to notice mm. that there's no way does that dessert look like it's 10 quid's worth, which is what it was. It was a Black Forest Knickerbocker glory for anyone's wondering, um, which by the description said it was layers of chocolate sponge, layers of ice cream, layers of whipped cream. And it was basically a, a chunk of brownie dropped in the bottom of a glass with a blob of ice cream and some whipped cream on the top. And that was it. And that was 10 quid. But the glass was still a Sunday glass, which is a good what? 10 or yeah. 10 or 11 inches high. So this thing only just half half filled it. Um. So I would have expected someone from chef to server to use a little bit of this is the this is the absence of femininity to be able to go. No, that doesn't look right. I'm not giving that to the customer because they're going to, mm. you know, they're either going to silently accept it or they're going to kick off mm. and use a little bit of intuition. Mm. But when challenged, this particular individual was like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Oh, I'm sorry about that yeah i mean it, it the my thought or my thinking is you know did that person have the courage to actually say to the chef i'm sorry chef that's not good enough it this is 10 pounds you know can we do something about that because it isn't good enough and i i wonder if if uh the chef is not a little bit 
Well, funnily enough, yeah, just as we were leaving, the chef actually did come out and speak to another customer. who I don't know whether they'd complained or something. For some reason, he was talking to them. And even he was in the sort of, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Well, we've changed supplier and this has happened and that's happened. And I thought it's back to, I, I realized where I was going with that now, it was your point about process, mm. process over people. Mm. You know, the, on the spreadsheet, it says one blob of ice cream, one chunk of brownie and a shaving off a chocolate bar. And that was it. 10 quid. Happy days. Mm. You know, well, let's put that to one side and go, hang on a minute. We've got a customer out there that's not going to have read our process and accept that. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, just change the glass size. <laughs> change the glass size, make it like, oh, no. Yeah, just exactly. Just have a little bit of, oh, hang on a minute. Let's think about this. But, I mean, you know, when you talk about food, I mean, we, we eat the food first with our eyes before we even eat it. <laughs> and if it's not, if it's not looking like, wow, you know, for layers of the description, for layers of it, of course, then you go deeper and you think, well, that's 10 quid. And that you're disappointed before you've even tasted the thing. I mean, it could be the most magnificent Knickerbocker glory chocolate Sunday ice cream thing. That wasn't. World, but it, the perception has already messed up. Yeah, and I, and I mean, again, this is it is a, a relevant tangent because it's it's well, is that about feminine versus masculine? Is that about psychological safety in that business? Mm. Could that young waiter go to the chef who's a bit older than him and go, chef, really, seriously? Mm. Come on, we need to fluff these customers up a little bit, and an extra blob of ice cream isn't going to cost the business that much more. Mm. Mm. <laughs> You know, so is that feminine, masculine difference? Is it a people process thing? Is it a behavioral trait thing? Is Have we got somebody there who's, you know, complying with the process because that's what they've been told to do rather than, you know, and actually I'm probably answering my own question here. If you wind all of that back and go, when we induct that employee, what are we saying? Yeah. You comply with the process or else here's mm -hmm. the spreadsheet with the process on it. Or are we saying, your job here is to care for, nurture, and be creative and look after customers. Within within <clears throat> certain, certain boundaries, and and I, I, I coming down to it, isn't it, Stephen? I mean, where where does empowerment fit? Is empowerment more feminine or is it more masculine? Interesting question. Yeah. Not sure. It's answers on trust, a postcard. It? It's out that trust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes, it allows people to to make decisions to make sure that that customer is happy. In the case of this environment, when they walk out the door, so they'll mm. come back again. Mm. Now, obviously, you know, within reason, because you can't say, well, you know, the person's disappointed with the ten pound knickerbocker of glory, so we'll give him a, a, a hotel suite for the night. I mean, that's also completely out of balance. But empowerment, I think, is part of letting go of the process a little bit and expanding it outwards into that area of trust um, and teamwork that allows that person to say, chef, my customer's not going to be happy with that. What can you do with it? Yeah, yeah. Squirt the cream a bit higher or stick an extra flake in it or, yeah, you know, whatever it might be to to manage the perception. So, yeah. um, 
Do you know what? I've written three key words down as a result of this chat. What, what would you say you've uh, you've taken from it? Because I, I think, we, you know, we started off trying to resolve the world's problem of masculine and feminine energy. And we've mm. we've gone all around the various estates to get there. <laughs> I'm not sure we know what the answer is, but that's it's kind of the point, really. Yes, I, I think I, I mean, I think for me, it's about balance. Um, and and that probably is the one word that sums it all up. Is mm. it's not about having an all feminine energy environment or an all masculine energy environment. It's about appreciating both sides of the coin, the yin and the yang, and and the positives of both types of energies and bringing them together appropriately under every situation and circumstance. Yeah, I, I I think that's absolutely hit the nail on the head. I mean, the the three words for me are, uh, well, you said it, noticing. I think that's that's pretty key. Understanding, and you know, and this is a big thing for for me throughout my life is the word acceptance. Mm. Um, you know, and and that's what kind of started this conversation was the that level of acceptance that I. For me, I I lived in an environment where I never accepted myself. So how could I expect anyone else to? Mm. Um, And for both you and I, we're now working with leaders where we can see those kind of traits, you know, and they're tapping into behaviors that they've learned along the way. But actually, you track it all the way back and somewhere in there is a lack of acceptance of themselves. Which is one of the reasons I think it's so important to look at self-leadership before you go into leadership as a as a skill it's not a skill base it's about understanding yourself Mm. Uh, when you understand yourself you understand you've got more space to understand others yeah 100 percent, and therefore lead others yeah and I, i mean certainly in the automotive industry you know less so now but over the years the legacy has been that what you do is you take the best salesperson again probably with the the most masculine traits because they can put the most sales on the board and then you promote that person into a management position and they use the behaviors that they've learned from previous managers to manage other people and so you asked earlier you know where does this masculinity come from well it's kind of nurtured and grown and yeah you know kind of developed from within it's you know self-fulfilling prophecy in a way that i mean that 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 topic of promoting the most capable employee is a massive massive topic and Mm -hmm. and i've seen that happen so many times and you lose a good employee very often and Mm. you get a very poor manager and nobody's fault if there was a little bit of forethought and a little bit of nurturing to give them the skills before they got into that position um the end result would have been pretty powerful yeah maybe that's for another chat Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> who knows yeah absolutely is definitely because i don't i think this uh conversation could go on and on and on and on but uh yeah from my perspective i've, re- I've thoroughly enjoyed it rachel so thank you very much indeed uh for joining us on men able matters uh yeah, for this fantastic Stephen. i thoroughly enjoyed it as well and uh um, a lot of a lot of nice, uh, well, not more than nice. A lot of uh, of com- of information in there to to give leaders some some thought processes around 
their their environments in which and what they're creating in their environments. So mm. thank you very much. Brilliant. Rachel Shackleton, thank you so much. And uh, if you want more stuff on Men Able Matters, just like or subscribe to the YouTube channel and we'll be back again very soon. And Stephen Witten, thank you so much. On behalf of Green Key, I want to say thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Take care. Thanks a lot. Thanks. You've been listening to Men Able Matters, the podcast brought to you by the Men Able Movement. If you'd like to get involved, join us at menable.org or follow the hashtag menable. Join us again for another podcast where we'll talk to more fantastic guests and get their hints, tips and insights to their personal stories too. See you again soon.